0: You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life.
1: Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. So, so good to have you tuning into to Momentum. Welcome officially from myself and Des. And uh, wherever you are around the country, really appreciate you tuning in. You're in for a great show this week because we've got another great guest. But before we get there, Des, how are you this week? Are you well?
2: I'm really good, man. Travelling well, even for an old look. <laughs> and uh, we're delighted to have, again... Uh, Rob Furlong with us, which is fantastic. Thank you, Rob, for joining us.
0: Great to be Just here again. Just by way
2: of introduction, Rob is a senior pastor at Woodville Baptist Church uh, in Perth, and he's been there since 2017. And prior to that, he's been involved in different churches, but as a pastoral consultant, and that blows me away. I think that's a great role. I could, I could probably do that, maybe. But uh, But Rob's very passionate about his leadership development mission, God's Word, um, and has extensive experience in teaching and training, and been open and raw with leaders and and his congregations about how they do life, and just, it's great. So we're delighted to have you here, Rob, and um, you, you've been on radio many, many times, and you've been on Momentum quite a few times too and uh, been a, uh, you always offer so much in terms of wisdom and advice around relationships and we're delighted to have you here today
0: oh, it's great to be back good to be sharing with you guys again
1: well let's just on that note days uh, point to last week's show which was full of meat uh, facing your shadow which was last week's show I really encourage you to yeah. tune in and uh, check that out Uh, And uh, there was a lot in there. You can get that at uh, MomentumAustralia.org. But we're going to continue with the the unusual names and perhaps themes that you haven't heard. So Facing Your Shadow last week, this week we're entering the tunnel of chaos. <laughs> we're entering the tunnel of chaos. It's a great title. Sounds
2: like a train raid. <laughs> sounds like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> probably,
1: a bit of,
0: probably a bit of
1: both, let's be honest. Um, so Rob, Rob you're going to explain that for us. What exactly is the tunnel of chaos? But I think you've got a story first to kick things off. Just to
0: look, a very brief story to explain why we need the tunnel of chaos, or another term is to call it a crucial conversation. Right. This comes straight out of Winnie the Pooh. And Winnie the Pooh is filled with wonderful wisdom for life. (laughs) There is the classic story of when uh, Pooh goes around to visit Rabbit for afternoon tea. Rabbit, as you know, lives down in a warren, and Pooh sits there, and the afternoon tea is laid out, but he just eats and eats and eats, Mm. and it's clear that he eats too much because when it comes time to leave, he wants to go out through Rabbit's front door and he gets halfway through and he gets firmly wedged and stuck. Right. <laughs> and he is unable. So he's got his backside stuck inside of Rabbit's um, warren. Yeah. And Rabbit thinks, well, well I, he starts hanging rags and stuff. They're using it to dry him out on Pooh's legs. But, but Pooh's stuck out the other side and his uh, head is out uh, halfway through and he's just stuck and he can't move. And I just love the way this goes. Because just, just pick up here what should happen. And, and what is happening and what's not happening. So it says, Rabbit wanted to go for a walk and finding the front door full, he went out by the back door and came round to Pooh and looked at him. Hello, are you stuck? he asked. No, said Pooh carelessly, just resting and thinking and humming to myself. The fact is, said Rabbit, you're stuck. It all comes, said Pooh crossly, of not having front doors big enough. <laughs> It all comes, said Rabbit sternly, of eating too much. I thought at the time, said Rabbit, only I didn't like to say anything, said Rabbit, that one of us is eating too much, said Rabbit, and I knew it wasn't me. <laughs> can, you, can you hear what is going on, but also what's not going on?
1: I thought yeah. at the time, but I didn't say say anything. anything. <laughs> that one of us uh, wasn't me. He is eating too much. Okay, so now we've got the now we've got the broader picture. Narrow that down and say, w- w- how does that relate to the tunnel of chaos? All the crucial conversation. Well, they need to have a conversation, don't they? Of honesty.
0: Yes. So the whole mm. in the first instance, Pooh has got a problem. <laughs> he can't get out the front door, and. When he's confronted with this problem, you know, uh, Rabbit says, you're stuck. There's a lot of denial going on. No, I'm just thinking and humming to myself. Hmm. But then when it gets down to the tin tacks of why he is in the problem that he is and facing this predicament, Rabbit just doesn't want to go there. It's, he, it's a massive hint-dropping exercise. It's, well, I did think at the time that somebody's eating too much, and Mm. I know it wasn't me. Mm. And you know how we dance around the topic? And it doesn't achieve anything. It actually makes the other person feel worse. Yeah. And you think, for you, the one doing the hint dropping, in this case, that's what's being done, you think you're doing the right thing, but actually you're not achieving
1: anything. Mm. So, it was actually Bill Hybels that we think first coined this phrase, the tunnel Tunnel of of chaos. chaos, So, explain why it needs to be a tunnel of chaos. If we go down the rabbit warren, so to speak, of having a conversation, why does it need to be a tunnel of chaos? Because let's
0: face it, they're scary conversations. And the image... I do like the image that Bill Hybels used because it's like, okay, here's the issue, whatever it is, we need to talk about this. And he said it's like... Because often these are scary issues to talk about. Mm. So he said... (laughs) When you, go, when you dive into it, he said, it's like dropping down into a tunnel and it's dark. Now, there is light at the end of the tunnel. That's the good news. Mm. But he said, for a period of time, we're going to be in here and it's going to be chaotic and it's going, be, it's going to be scary and you're going to be out of your comfort zone. But he said, the thing is, you go down into the tunnel and you walk through it and you do come up out the other side. Right. And it's so much better and so much healthier.
1: So let's be honest all of us can relate to the fact that entering the tunnel is scary right and we all have mm. people in our lives right now that perhaps we have to have a conversation with that we don't really want to have Let, let's oh, just have, let's just expose that, that for too. a moment and go why is that what is in us as humans and human nature that we don't want to have the tough conversation is it that we don't like conflict? Are we afraid of what the other person might say or respond? Is it that we're afraid of being rejected? What do you think is at the bottom of that?
0: I think there's all of those things. Let's talk about the issue of um, being afraid of conflict. Some of us struggle with that more than others. Some people um, can... uh, embrace conflict but I still think that in every human being we don't really like conflict and how so how we handle the conflict says something about our personality and for some of us for some of us who are people who are not afraid of conflict we question or whatever but sometimes and I'm not saying this is always the case but sometimes the way we approach it is we've got to win the conflict Mm. You follow what I'm saying? Mm. So we must win. So yes, I'm going to confront this situation, but I'm going to come out the winner. A lot of other people are conflict adverse. And a little bit later in the program, we can talk about some, it's it's actually helpful to identify your conflict style. But I I don't think any of us really enjoy conflict. Some of us just maybe handle it a bit better and come out of it a bit better than others. But I'm not sure that actually the human race really likes conflict all that much.
2: And it comes back down to confidence too, and your identity. And we've talked about identity before. You know, if you're you're strong in your identity and who you are, then your ability to uh, handle conflict and handle tougher issues is is easier.
0: We keep coming back to this, but a lot does have uh, the influence of your family of origin in this. How did your family mm. of origin do conflict? Mm. Sure. And were honest conversations apart regularly? There might. Be. In my family, the honest conversations were usually done really badly. You're this, 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 this. Uh, <laughs> that's, and that's it, what, it came out in anger. Yes, yes. yes. It was honest, but it was brutal yeah. and it wasn't yes. great. Uh, and I've had my moments <laughs> of doing that as well. But you, you have to factor that in in terms of how you handle it. And so what I have found is I have been growing in this. The difficulty is you can approach a conflict situation and there will be some trepidation, but you want to be honest, so you are honest but you do it in a gentle way Mm. but some people they Mm. just and they're not even aware i think that they're reacting they just default that you can see the default button go on Mm. and Mm. so when you ask for them which is an extremely confronting question and it may be it may not be but for them it's like so i've had the response where they just completely ignored you ask the question and it's Mm. oh it's lovely weather we're having isn't it it's Mm. completely ignored well or sometimes it might, well, they might come back and start- We bite uh, back. Yeah, bite back or accuse you or something. So mm. we deflect mm. rather than yeah. face the issue, we deflect.
1: I mean, let's be honest though. I mean, and the three of us in this, this studio right now, I mean, I don't know that any one of us has been modelled, had a conflict resolute particularly well. <laughs> I mean, I certainly haven't. We don't get taught this stuff well. <laughs> And, and you know we no. try and figure this stuff out and then, and then it does become because we don't we don't have good skills we don't we, yeah. you know when we, when we need to have the conversation that's probably why most of us shy away from it because we're not actually sure how to do it well oh, exactly we
0: we need to learn good skills for managing conflict and dealing with it and let's come back to you know what this program is all about in terms of getting men talking but guys I'm going to say it again Do you know the Bible has some brilliant strategies for dealing with conflict? Hmm. And it it truly does. In fact, I I reckon if you look at some secular programs, there'll be a lot of principles in dealing with conflict there that have come straight out of the Bible. It Hmm. won't be recognized, and they might not even be where they got it from but you can usually trace it right back to the bible the bible has some brilliant ways mm. of dealing with conflict
1: mm. okay now we're going to talk about that in just a moment before we enter the the tunnel but can i ask you rob um everybody oh, have we got something to talk about <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. excuses <laughs> why rob and i have a, a conversation no but this could get ugly <laughs> but in seriousness uh, you know we will have different people in our lives at different stages that we need to have this conversation with you know we need to enter the tunnel with whether it's our wife Mm. whether it's our kids whether it's a family member whether it's a work colleague and so my question is generically do we enter the tunnel slightly differently with each member of those people that does it look a little different or are there basic principles that we can apply right across the board
0: i think there's some basic principles you can apply across the board i think the first principle is always to come at it with humility and I have not always practiced that you know in in particularly my younger days I still have my moments now but I I come from it's very easy to come from a position of I'm right you're wrong and so I have to remind myself to come with humility and what I mean by that is and some of it is the language that we use and Karen and I've been on this journey for a few years now about just using better language about how you approach things. So not coming in and saying, I don't like the way you do X, Y, Z. That's very confronting and very straight in your face. Hmm. Maybe a better way to approach it, or I think a better way to approach it is you could use language like, can we have a conversation? Some people use the terminology, "Can can I have permission to deal with... A particular issue or, or, or whatever. Uh, and then it's so it's the language that you use and how you convey that. And so, for example, if it, it could be a minor issue, and this works really well, but you, it, it might be something that the person's doing that's annoying you. Hmm. And the way to approach it is to say, look, I've noticed. Do you know what I'm saying? See, you're using different language. I've noticed. But actually, providing a solution helps. Hmm. I was wondering if, hmm. do you know what I mean, so providing a solution, so you, and then you talk about it. So you open up the door to talk about it and inevitably you come to a solution together. But if you can because the other person might think, well that's I don't think that's going to work. But it's how we approach it. And I think we've got to come from the position of humility that I may be seeing this incorrectly or might be seeing it wrongly. As well yeah. we've got to be prepared to do that.
1: Hmm.
2: And everybody has their own baggage and their own influences that decide, that helps them go to where they are, is what I'm saying. A
0: lot yeah. of it is the language that we use and the attitude. Yeah, The two go hand in hand. And there are some good skills out there mm. that we can learn. Yeah, okay. And, and actually... We'll talk, we will get to it in, in our conversation today, but they're actually relatively easy
1: to access too. Okay. Well, let's take a short break right there. This seems like a good time to take a short break, and let's come back in the second part of the show and have a look at those skills and, and how we actually enter the tunnel, what it looks like, and how do we come out the other side so that everybody wins and hopefully the relationship is stronger. You're listening to Momentum. Our special guest is Rob Furlong. We're going to enter the tunnel of chaos. On the other side of this break. In the meantime, love you to check out the website, MomentumAustralia.org. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to part two of this week's show. Wherever you are around the country, really appreciate you tuning in. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. It is Momentum with uh, Tim and Days, and our special guest is Rob Furlong. We're talking about uh, the tunnel of chaos, and we've talked a bit about what that is essentially having a crucial conversation and uh, you know rob we've let's set the scene then but let's let's take people and give them an example of what it is to enter the tunnel how to have the conversation sure. how to end the conversation well so that hopefully everybody wins and the relationship is actually stronger as a result as opposed to you know blowing the relationship apart uh, we, we've so paint a picture we've got something that we need to have a conversation to someone about how do we even start the process? You said language was important, but how do we start and, and I suppose invite them into yeah. the tunnel with us?
0: And maybe maybe one the example we could use is let, let's just say you're aware that someone's giving you the cold shoulder. Right. Every time you're with them, they're, they're giving you the cold shoulder and you know something's wrong. You know something is wrong between the two of you, but you don't know. The, the first thing actually, just in terms of personal preparation, let's talk about that personally prepared. So don't make assumptions. That's easier said than done. Mm. But it's best Mm -hmm. not to make assumptions. That's why you're having the conversation. The the conversation will help you not to make assumptions, if that makes sense. Mm. (laughs) Because we jump to so many conclusions. So the reason we're having this conversation is so that I won't keep jumping to conclusions and saying uh, A plus B equals this and that's why this is happening. So don't make assumptions. The other thing in preparing Uh, your heart, actually pardon me. pray about it, commit it to God. Say to God, Lord, prepare my heart and prepare so-and-so's heart Hmm. for them to receive it and to hear it. So that's just a little bit of personal preparation. Most important thing, so let's say you got to the point where you're going to have this conversation with the person. It must be done privately. Hmm. Absolutely has to be done privately. This is not something to be done in front of other people. It must be done privately. So whether you organize to have coffee with the person or there's somewhere you can sit quietly to talk about this, whatever, it must be done privately. And I suggest, I've said to people, bring it up, bring the conversation up with something like this. It doesn't have to be these exact words, but something like this. When we catch up lately, it feels like you don't want to be around me or that I've done something to offend you. Do you see there's no accusation in that comment? Hmm. You're not saying you're doing this. Yep. You're saying, you're talking about your feelings. You're saying it feels like you don't want to be around me or that I've done something to offend you. So it's the language you use. You could say this as well. I want you to know I'm not accusing you of anything. I could be misreading this completely. So, do you see that's the humility? You could, you're, you're mm. actually saying I could be wrong about this. Mm. But if there is a problem between us, then I would like to talk about it and clear the air. Right. So, I think that the language—it's actually—it's very honest, but it's soft in the sense there's no accusation. You're not coming yeah. at it from an angry point of view, and you're not making assumptions. You, and, and you're actually acknowledging I could be completely wrong. This could be, you know, <laughs> my own insecurities mm. or whatever. Mm. Now the thing is, that actually the best outcome could be ah, absolutely nothing wrong. You know, I'm, you know, it looks I'm aware sometimes I'm a bit like whatever I might be a bit aloof or whatever, but no, there's nothing wrong. Mm. That could be a great outcome, or there could be something,
1: mm.
0: which we'll mm. talk about in a moment. But the thing is, you've done it quietly. You haven't complained about the person to other people, and that's important. You've gone to the person to talk with them privately. I mean, look, it may be appropriate to say to someone else, you don't have to mention names. You might want to say, I've got a difficult conversation coming up, can you pray for me? Whatever, Mm. that that, that can be appropriate. Mm. But it's privately between the two of you and you're not spreading this around.
2: Mm. That's really really good advice. And I guess the only thing I would add to that is think long and hard before you go into the conversation. Yes. You know, think through what the issues might be. Think through how you feel about it so, so that you're going to it, you know, not, out, not in anger, but, but in a rational, calm way to start the conversation like you've just said.
0: Mm. I think that's really important, Des, because if it was something more than, say, the cold shoulder, if there was a real issue, so the language mm. is still going to change. But that's where it's important to think it through what you're saying, because you can think out, how mm. can I raise this subject, uh, yeah. and do it in a gentle way. So you're yeah, giving yourself time and space to think it through, really good advice.
1: So, let's say we, we've started that conversation, we've put that out there, and then, of course, I suppose the response will determine what happens with the conversation from there. It could be, oh, no, it's nothing, everything's fine, you know, reassured, cool, we hug, we go we go about our day, but then it might turn sideways, and it might turn sideways depending on the reaction, which could be. It could be a deflection, it could be one of anger, it could be, yeah, I mean, I mean there's any one of those... We we start at that point of, of peace and then and then the chaos starts. So how do we how do we start navigating if it starts to look like it's turning sideways to some degree?
0: One of the ones you mentioned, turning sideways, it could be deflected. The person could actually outright ignore what you're saying. They could go on to change the subject. If the person persists in that behaviour, if they continue to deflect or deny well, continue to deflect or ignore, conversation over. Hmm. You just I think you've just got to find yeah. a polite way to say you, you, you can't force the person if they're not going to yeah, and at least you know you've tried and I think that's important uh, anger <laughs> anger. if the person explodes and starts chucking a whole bunch of stuff back at you again probably you're going to have to close it down you, you know you might want to try and gently push back but if the person's persisting in their anger or yelling and stuff like that I think you get, you're just going to have to say look obviously this is not going to get anywhere uh the, the other option is, of course, that the person talks and they start to engage with the problem and they're coming back at it from their point of view and stuff like that. So what you might find in a situation like that is you still can't get agreement. And, and so you talk it through, but both of you are seeing it from different perspectives and you can't get agreement on it. This is where the next step is that you, get, you seek mediation. Mm. So what happens yeah. then is if we can't resolve this together, let's get an outside voice to come in and to mm. help us talk it through.
2: Would that be a mutual friend or a counsellor or who who would that person be?
0: I reckon ideally in the first step, I mean depending on the situation, if it's a couple, it, well it, it could be, like if it's a serious problem for a couple it might require counselling, but it also might be someone that you both respect and i think that's the key if you're going to opt for a friend it needs to be someone that you both respect yes you don't want to get someone who's going to come in that has a perceived bias one way or the other Mm. you want them to come in and look Mm. at the situation objectively and who's going to speak truth into the situation
1: is that why someone like maybe a counselor in that instance might be a better option because it's a it's a completely unknown third party that can sit biased uh, yeah, particularly if it's a really severe problem. Yeah, mm. definitely. But mm.
0: sometimes mm. I, I'm moving away, say, from the marriage situation. I'm I'm thinking of issues between friends that have, have arisen or there's been a falling out or whatever. Mm. Sometimes what you just need is the objective voice of a mature, wiser person who can come in with a bit more experience and mm. look at it objectively mm. and, and is going to be
1: impartial mm. in that situation. So I've got a couple of thoughts. The first is if... One of the other options is that we have the conversation, the person assures us that there's nothing wrong and yet the behaviour or the, the feeling of there's something not right continues. Yes. I guess it's just that you invite the conversation again and try and and try and do that at a later date. I would uh, say yes, go and try the conversation
0: again. But if it still continues to be fluffed away, or mm. well, I know there's nothing wrong or whatever, in that conversation... Uh, you probably need to say something like, I'm not so sure about this. I think there's something deeper. How about we get someone to come and actually mm. help us talk it through mm. because I'm not sure about this. Right. But even at that point, if they don't agree to that, you can't force it. Right. So let me, let me give some practical advice there. So what do you do then? What if, if you've tried to reconcile a relationship, you know there's something wrong. You might even be aware of it, what it is, but they won't talk about it. Th- this is where forgiveness comes in. And there are some situations like that. I use the example of the Lord Jesus. He's on the cross. He's got abuse being hurled at him. He's being mocked, spat upon. And what does he say from the cross? Because he can't reconcile with those people. They don't want to be reconciled. Mm. What does he say? Father, forgive them. So we ha- I, yeah. the challenge for us is we come to the place of saying, God, forgive them. You know, uh, scripture says as much as possible as lies within you, live at peace with all people. You've tried to mend this relationship. God knows your heart. Forgive the person and leave them to God. Hmm. And I'm speaking from right out of direct experience of the last 18 months or so, where a couple of situations. And there are times, there are still times that it will come up of anger that come out of this stuff and things that were done to me and said to me. And I have to keep coming back and say, father I forgive them from the heart and I might not I might not even feel that but I'm I'm saying as genuinely as I can father I forgive them from the heart it's a process and not allow myself and when I find my mind going down rehearsing all the negatives of what I think about the person Mm. what I'd like to say to them Mm. God I give up my right to say that Mm. yeah they're just practical steps but they will release you they'll help
1: we're in the tunnel and it's starting to go sideways because in those moments, right? Let's be honest. All of us are a whisker away from having a bad reaction. Yes. So if we start peaceful, and yet we feel like the other person has just started attacking us, our natural response is to then want to attack them. Uh, and so some some keys for for guys in that space. To how do we? How do we handle that space well without it just becoming then just a big circle of, you know, massive chaos and it's just everybody's going for it and, and nothing good is going to come from that? Like how, I suppose it's having the maturity just to take a step back and, and it's try practice. not to engage.
0: It's practice. And you're right. And, and sometimes yeah. we will engage and we will regret it. Sometimes it is practice, but actually sometimes you can still engage. It's just how you engage. Mm. And mm. hey, uh... I'm not perfect on this. I want to be really obvious about that. But if in the moment when you've engaged and you've done it poorly, then when you recognize that, apologize
1: mm.
0: and and try to move on again. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, look, we will get it wrong. But it, it is practice though, Tim. It is, honestly, it's practice. And it's, it's actually trying to keep these things in the forefront of our minds. And I think that's where actually Des's comment a few minutes ago uh, just comes back again. It's good to reinforce it. Is The more you think about it and pray it through and, and prepare yourself, the better equipped you are to go into it. Mm. The work you do beforehand will help you as you go into that conversation. It mm. definitely will. Mm. Because it makes you a little bit more alert to what might happen.
2: That's really, really good. Really sound advice. Thank you so much, Rob. And um, it's been great listening to how you have unfolded this. It's really, really cool. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: A final thought for me before we wrap this up completely is, as we're basically talking a bit about then this crucial conversation, the tunnel of chaos, but it it does come down to conflict and conflict management, conflict resolution. Just a, a bigger picture for a second around guys particularly listening. Um, Are are there things as men that we do to avoid this space or, you know, we can do it in a kind of blokey way uh, to to avoid it or uh, like, I'm just trying to bring awareness to guys to go, you know, having the conversation is a good thing, but do we do other things as men? to try and kind of stop going down this track or we do it in a, in a manly way that doesn't really deal with the issue but we kind of shun it off or we joke about it or you know we make fun of it or something like, like that. You know what I mean?
0: I, yeah. I think the number one thing we do as men is we blame. Right. And that's as old as Adam. Mm. <laughs> what happens when God turns up in the garden and he says to Adam, who told you that you were naked? What have you done? And what does Adam do? The woman... You gave me. <laughs> so uh, uh, he moves. First he blames Eve. Then he's blaming God. Like, think about
1: that. The woman <laughs> you gave me, she she did it. If you hadn't given me her. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <first> <laughs> not.
0: I think that's the number one thing we do as blokes. We shift blame. Yeah. And to, with some of the things that you mentioned, yeah, we can do. We can joke it off, we can ignore it, we can deny it. You know what I mean? But I think our number one default position we want to shift blame. <laughs> what are you talking to about this mm. for? What about you? Mm. We've got all sorts of ways of yes. of shifting the blame, and the more we do that, the more we're going to ignore and not face the stuff that we need to face. Yeah,
1: yeah rob furlong has been our special guest once again this week on momentum uh the tunnel of chaos has been our topic this week and uh, again encourage you to go back and listen to this and get some amazing tips and advice there as how to do this well rob we really appreciate your input once again in momentum over the last few weeks mate there's been a lot in that and uh, encourage you guys to, be here. to go back to the website check it out momentumaustralia.org rob thanks so much man we'll talk to you again later in the year i'm sure thank you look forward to it des appreciate you being here my friend
2: it's just really good. Uh, it's been a lovely conversation. Great, uh, tough conversations in many ways uh, over the last two weeks. And so it's, uh, it's really cool.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into Momentum this week. Wherever you are around Australia, we really appreciate you uh, doing that. And again, you can check out this show and others online at the website momentumaustralia.org. We'd love your feedback. We'd love your questions. If you've got topics you'd like us to think about and talk about on the show, by all means, send them through. And as we said, again, we are a not-for-profit ministry. If you can support Momentum in any way, shape or form to keep us on there, we'd love your financial support online at momentumaustralia.org. Tim and Des signing off for now. We'll be back with you next week. Until then, you take care. God bless.
0: You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to momentumaustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at
1: momentumaustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum.